Hello and welcome back to the Rough Trade Edit podcast. This week I caught up with the wonderful Hazel English ahead of the release of her absolutely brilliant debut album, Wake Up, which comes out via Marathon this Friday, the 24th of April. It was my first ever Zoom podcast interview. We're keeping the scene going. No pandemic will stop us. So do make sure you stick around for that coming up a little later on. Now, most of you will probably be aware that this past Saturday would have been Record Store Day 2020. And while we were all super, super sad that we couldn't celebrate together on what is undeniably the best day of the year in any record store's calendar, we were really determined to still make something of a mark on the date. So largely thanks to all of you, Saturday saw the internet totally flooded with throwbacks and kind words from the Record Store Days of Yonder. Um, And it made us feel all really warm inside. So again, thank you so much for the amazing support. And at the time of speaking, we really hope to see you at the rescheduled date in the new future, government advice permitting, of course. So onto some new recent albums that have dropped into our edit in the last couple of weeks. Some absolute crackers here. I'm looking at you, Flatworms. Let's get into some details and track previews. So first up, we have Sonicu with new album Joyful Death out on Bella Union. So described as transcendental dance pop, pulsating with body-moving beats that still make space for introspective and reflection, the new album from Sonicu is a big, big leap forward, featuring glorious collaborations with the likes of Little Boots, Chester Lockhart and Douglas Dare. It's one of the best dance pop records you'll probably hear this year. And yeah, check it out. This beautiful track, Feet Douglas Dare, it's called Remember to Forget Me. Next up, and we have the aforementioned Flatworms with Antarctica. So this is their third album in the past four years and was recorded in six days with Ty Seagal and Steve Albany. It is full of social commentary and it's got that filthy, distorted sound that we have come to expect and love from the West Coast Garage Punks. It's a solid album to shake up both your mind and your being. I flipping love it. Get a load of this in your ears. This is Flatworms and Plastercast. Onto The Strokes now with their brand new album, The New Abnormal. This is the band's first new album in seven years and it arrived on the 10th of April. It's boasting nine intimate lo-fi tracks and it's packed full of the melody that makes the sound we all know so well. It's a hugely popular return by all accounts. The band sound, to me anyway, super relaxed and at ease and producer Rick Rubin can totally be credited here with helping them to bring out what they do best. Um, The vinyl for this one has actually gone back, I believe, again to the 5th of May. But I mean, it's totally worth the wait, in my opinion. The track I'm going to play is Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus. It's got a cracking intro. It goes like this. (laughs) 
we have Denzel Curry with Kenny Beats. So Unlocked is it's a really menacing new 8-tracker from Denzel Curry. It's produced entirely by Kenny Beats um, and it couples nostalgia channeling the legendary artists from the 90s and early 2000s with more contemporary sounds and influences. So the track titles are actually all stylized, kind of like computer file names, which I think really nicely adds to the overall video game aesthetic. So yeah, let's check out Take underscore it underscore back underscore v2 gun tucker i don't trust them i don't love her little brother don't make me reach out and touch her i don't got candy but i'll turn your head to gushers sucker when you see the barrel better pucker up for the kiss of death when silhouettes rush cold like russia six feet under spraying at your crew like a damn crock duster after dark the riot starts way uglier than bubba sparks i'm trying to raise the trust so i don't have to push a shopping cart you fell in love with kali ma but now it's time to take so new from Jackie Lynn now and we have the new album Jacqueline which follows the life of a long haul truck driver drawing together various soundscapes that evoke a great sense of journey. Um, there's some really wonderful textures in the music here and rather wonderfully you can explore the album in brilliant visual glory by heading to our Rough Trade Instagram TV channel and devouring the Jackie Lynn Rough Trade transmission video that you will find there. Um, it's a complete track by track of the record, brilliantly crafted by the band. Thank you so much to them. Um, it deserves all the attention that it can possibly muster. So please head there and check it out. And yeah, here's a track from the album. Check out Sugar Water. Sugar So that wraps another Rough Trade Edit highlight. Thank you as ever for joining us. Um, we're entering week five of the lockdown here in the UK, but wherever you are in the world, we do hope that you're keeping well and keeping safe and that in one way or the other, music is a comfort to you in these times. Um, next up, I am chatting to Hazel English. Her debut record, Wake Up, lands this Friday. And take it from me, it's a ray of sunshine for your ears. Seriously great. Make sure you catch it. You can actually grab Wake Up on a Rough Trade exclusive white and red vinyl we've got just 300 copies so do get your skates on if you want one of them thank you so much for listening have a safe couple of weeks here's hazel Hazel, welcome to the Rough Trade Edit podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining me. Certainly, it's an unprecedented time for releasing new music. Just before um, we hit record, we were talking about how you're finding it dealing with, you know, the run-up to releasing your debut record and how that's affected, you know, connecting with certain people and doing press and things like that. 
what is you're in LA at the moment just for anyone who's mm-hmm. listening what is the atmosphere been like there in the last sort of three four weeks I mean I think people are taking it pretty seriously here um which I think is good everyone's wearing masks um when I go to the supermarket uh so well at least in my neighborhood I don't know if it's the same uh everywhere but um, I think people are acting pretty responsibly in staying home, so that's good. Um, although I have, a few weeks ago I went on a hike, and there were like loads of people going out on hikes. So I was like, I just stopped doing that because I was like, oh, this is actually like not social distancing. Like it's like more than usual people were hiking, and I tried to go on this trail that like the last time I'd gone and no one was there and there was tons of people. So I was like, hmm, maybe not the best time actually for doing this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think, <laughs> uh, I think people are starting to realize now, like, okay, how can we, you know, maintain social distancing and still be able to do the things that we need to do, like grocery shopping and stuff. So Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it, it definitely feels weird because there's no traffic, which is very unusual for LA. Yeah. Um, but that's a good thing because it just means people are taking it seriously. Yeah. How are you sort of personally staying focused, particularly with regards, I suppose, to your work? Um, has it maybe, is the current situation in a way given you more time to kind of focus on that and be more determined to kind of push it through and make sure that it gets out there? Yeah, I mean, for me, because of the album, I've definitely had a lot to do, which is kind of a good thing um, to stay focused. I think in the first few weeks of quarantine, I was a little like all over the place and scattered in my mind because I was reading so much news that I was finding it really difficult to actually like focus on the things I needed to do. So, um, yeah, I was just... um, totally absorbing everything I could because I was just trying to find out what was going on. So I learned kind of like how much news I could actually handle and um, how to limit that in a way just so that I could like keep abreast with what was happening, but also just like focus because I'm the kind of person that I need like full focus on a task. Um, So yeah, it's been it took me a while of adjusting, but now I feel like there's been so much to do that I've, I've had kind of like a routine in a way or somewhat of a routine. Um, so yeah, it's almost, a, it's like, I don't have as many social distractions so I can just get my work done. So, mm, yeah. I totally know what you mean about, you know, having this period of like just consuming news all the time. And yeah. Then- getting to a point where you can kind of say right I'm only going to look at it maybe like twice a day or keep kind of vaguely up to date with things but then back into my life as it was before but just adjusting it to this kind of new state that it's in yeah definitely because like I get so affected you know and my emotions like when they take over I just can't do anything I'm like just just you know I just was in this state of like I was paralyzed so then I kind of, my rational brain took over and I was like, I can't like be doing this to myself every day or I won't get anything done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess time has 
has passed in the last four weeks and we've got here, it's the week before your album is being released. In fact, it's one week today at the time that we were talking. Yeah. On the 24th of April, mm-hmm. next Friday. Um, and it follows your debut EP, I think it was a double EP that came out in 2017, Just Given, Never Going Home. Um, I wondered, when did you start writing Wake Up and how did you approach it maybe differently or just basically compared to writing those EPs? Yeah. Um, I started writing two years ago for this record, uh, which feels like ages ago now. (laughs) Um, Basically, I moved to LA and then I started doing writing sessions like almost immediately um, just to start writing again. And that was a really fun process. I spent like a year just writing, doing sessions with different people and just feeling it out. And also at the same time, like figuring out my place in LA and meeting people. And that was, yeah, that was like a really interesting way to kind of like get to know LA, get to know other musicians in LA. And um, yeah, it was cool. It was really fun for me to kind of like, get to collaborate with lots of different people because before that I hadn't really done that many, I hadn't really done sessions before in general um, because the, the, the WP I basically record, wrote and recorded like all, you know, with like one or two people in like a bedroom situation. Um, and this time around, I, you know, I did the writing sessions and then we picked like 10 songs, like the demos. And then, then I fleshed them out with two different producers um, in like recording studios with session players. And it felt definitely more like of like a bigger setup and um, more of like a live feeling. I really wanted to have that live feel for this album. Yeah, and you worked with producer Justin Raisin on this album. Yeah. Uh, did that kind of, how did that, I guess, influence sort of his craft? How did that help evolve and influence the songs on this record, maybe compared to the work that you did earlier and prior to that? Yeah, I mean, again, a lot of it was like coming from a place of like, I wanted it to sound more raw, more live, and I knew Justin would bring that to the table. Um, he has such a creative way of doing things. It's a little chaotic, but like it brings that like raw energy that I was looking for. Um, and yeah, just like having a lot more kinds of like different instruments than I had had previously, like Mellotron and organ and and all these like new sounds um you know pedal steel and cool things like that that I was able to play with like you know and having these amazing players that that I we could just kind of be like hey can you play like this or like that was really really cool for me to kind of have more things to play with and um more sounds to pull from and you know like Justin has such an eclectic, like, taste that he was able to pull as well from, you know, a lot of, like, we we had pretty lengthy talks about 
the the vibe that I was looking for and he like you know he definitely brought his own flavor to that so was he introduced you or did you have did you kind of pick him out as someone that you wanted to work with were you quite aware of like his work prior like I think he's worked with Angel Olsen hasn't he yeah so we had worked together before on one song that thing which was like a bonus track on the WP um and I really liked how that song came out and um I just yeah it just felt like a natural progression to work on the album together and he was down so I was like cool yeah um yeah and then it and then when I moved to LA it also like just made it easier um because he's here in LA too um but yeah so we did five songs together and then I flew to Atlanta and I did the other five songs with Ben Allen which was really fun too yeah yeah did moving to LA I suppose that had a huge kind of impact on you creating and collaborating as you mentioned and just did that kind of kickstart for you this album process and kind of putting your debut out there? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it was, it was fun to just like, it's always fun for me. The, the best part is the beginning when you're kind of like starting over and you have a clean slate and, and you're just trying things out. I, I try not to put too many like, limits on myself or like think about it in terms of like this is how it has to sound it kind of like evolves along the way and then I start to figure it out as I go like what more of what I want so I feel like I didn't even know in the beginning like that I wanted to to be like a 60s influenced sound until I started writing and then and then I started listening to a lot of 60s music and then I was like oh definitely like it's gonna have this like vibe to it so I personally love the vibe thank you I think it's amazing um and like I guess getting into inspiration you obviously mentioned that a lot of the music you were listening to at the time but of course obviously your own emotions and experiences and feelings come into that too but I read somewhere as well that you either are a fan of or also drawn inspiration from um the sci-fi novelist philip k dick is that right yeah yeah um so how did that come into it how did that kind of all get brought together and how did you kind of navigate that i mean i think all a lot of my writing is influenced by him and and like you know in songwriting and in fiction writing um things like that um I just feel like he was very ahead of his time. Um, And, you know, there's a reason why so many of his books and short stories have been adapted to movies now and TV shows. And, you know, he feels more relevant than ever right now. Um, But I think for me, one of the big, biggest themes that he writes a lot about that I think about too a lot is like, this idea of like appearances versus reality and what is real. This is kind of like a pretty common philosophical concept. Um, And I come back to it a lot. And um, I also like this, 
album was also influenced a lot by a book called The Society of the Spectacle, which also kind of deals with those themes as well. Um, and basically the book um, is kind of, it's hard, it's so hard to explain because it's not like a regular book. It's, it's, it's kind of like part philosophy, part political, um, but it's basically the, the basic premise of it is that, you know, society has become kind of like this, it's like reduced now to a set of appearances instead of like real lived experiences. Um, and I just feel like, I don't know, and it, and it was written in the 60s, but it feels so relevant right now. Um, and in, in terms of the internet and just like this idea of like posting all these photos of snapshots of our lives and being so obsessed with like capturing experiences rather than like really living them. Um, and so I felt like, oh, I've, I, I felt like something in that that resonated with me and, and that kind of inspired some of these songs where I was like, let's, let's wake up out of this kind of like stupor that we're in where we're just kind of going through the motions and not really like like actually living these experiences in a genuine way yeah do you think it's funny that the album was written in LA and considering the themes and LA itself is often considered one of these places where there's a lot of that appearance over kind of reality did that I guess that all kind of played into it when you were kind of creating it yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not like that everywhere in LA. That's like, it depends where you are. I think I'm lucky to be in a neighborhood where there's a lot of like artists and stuff, but there definitely are. And I've definitely been to parties where it's like, you know, everybody just kind of like has the same conversation and it's all about who you know or like what you do. And um, it's just this bizarre feeling where you're, you're like, everyone feels like they're playing a role rather than like having genuine interactions. Um, and I've, yeah, I definitely think that played into the writing process because it, because for me, I was like, I can't stand small talk and I can't stand being in those situations where you feel like you're in a reality show or something and everything feels scripted. Yeah. To me, that feels like a sci-fi novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really interests me because I, obviously, I'm in London, I'm from London. I haven't actually ever been to LA, but like just from, you know, so much TV that you watch or press that you read and stuff, if you haven't actually experienced the place, you do just get drawn into the stereotypes of it. Um, so it's really interesting right. to listen to a record that kind of, I guess, deals with that, not just about LA, but just generally. And it's something I think that comes up so much in conversations about, as you mentioned, social media nowadays and just, mm -hmm. and I guess, society and how, how it's portrayed. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting stuff to deal with on a record, I think. Thank you. Yeah, I, I hope that people can relate in, in that way too. Yeah. Um, Off My Mind is the first single that you released from the new record. And obviously it's, I love it, by the way, I think it's brilliant because obviously your sound has changed maybe from those early EPs and this is kind right. of so 
would you say that this first single is a really great kind of intro to that and kind of taster for what the full album will be? Oh yeah, I think so. Like, um, I mean, the songs, all the songs, I like to think that they are all pretty different, but they, they all fit together as well in this vibe. Um, that they're all, they all kind of have this 60s influence kind of girl group pop sound. Um, and yeah, Off My Mind was was really fun to to make and like definitely one of my favorites. Um, and yeah, I think I I think it's a good taster. People like it. Um, hopefully they'll like the rest of the album. Releasing a debut album, um, I wanted to ask you this. I guess it's a really daunting, if exciting, thing. Um, mm. Do you feel kind of more exposed as an artist releasing a debut record compared to like an early single or an EP where maybe some people may perceive it as an artist being more experimental and kind of getting into their own skin, whereas this maybe feels like more of a statement? Yeah, I mean, it definitely there was like pressure um, or I felt pressure with this record um, because, you know, it is my debut. Um, I don't, for me, those terms don't really matter as much as they do to like a label or something. But um, I, for me personally, I just really wanted to explore new territory. I'm always trying to evolve and try new things. Um, and that's what makes music fun for me. Um, so I guess people will see this as a new direction. And for me, that's great. Um, hopefully they like it. But personally, I, I kind of just am having fun with it. And, and that's really like, there's not really an angle or like a predetermined vision I mean there is a vision that's not really the right word but it's not like a strategy is what I mean it's not really it's just um me feeling like this feels right going with my gut going with my instincts and the things that I'm enjoying at the time um and yeah I think obviously it is a bit of a different sound from the WP but it's still me and um, I, I think it's, it's just a progression. Yeah. And yeah, I just wanted to make like a bigger sounding record that felt live, it felt expansive and, you know, it felt a little more like I could experiment a bit with like playful and that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I love that there's progression. Um, and I think there's, I guess, maybe artists sometimes struggle with fans because if they put out something and it's maybe not identical sounding to what they put out before, it's new territory, as you said, and they're kind of like, ooh, what's this? But it, it's kind of like life, right? So when you were 14, you didn't dress the same as you do when you're 20. Right. You grow and you try things out. and Yeah, exactly. You know, embrace that. Um, yeah. It is, it is exciting. And obviously everything influences and inspires you onto your next thing. So, so that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think honestly, for me, I try not to worry about what people are gonna think about music when I make it. I, 
I think that's the wrong way to approach songwriting in making an album. I think it's not going to sound inspired if you're trying to like adapt to what people want or what you think people want because you can never please everyone. So for me, I'm just like, I'm just going to do what I feel sounds like what I'm feeling like I want to do and then hopefully people like it but I'm not gonna kind of like cater to other people's desires <laughs> no, sure. I'm like there's no point doing it if you're not enjoying it right or you exactly it's got to be fun for me because this is my life <laughs> and at the end of the day like it's my name on it so I have to love it or I'm not gonna put out yeah. put, you know I can't I just can't put something out that I am not hundred percent like happy with can we talk about the album cover quickly because i think it's awesome thank you once that when you're scrolling through like roughtrade.com it instantly like jumps out mainly because i love hats but also just because it's really bold was that like did you have an idea in your head for how you wanted the album art to look did that just come out of a shoot that you were doing anyway how did how did that kind of work into the whole album process yeah, I mean, it came out of a shoot that I did that was kind of like a press, a shoot for press shots in for album artwork. Um, but there wasn't like a whole lot of forethought. It was kind of like, let's just play around with some outfits, um, some backdrops, and we'll see what happens. Um, and then I just knew immediately when I saw it, like, this is the album cover um because it just felt bold and it felt like exactly what the album was about I really wanted like a bold image um for a bold statement I guess but yeah it really worked on me and I'm sure it works on many other people because it's great I love it yeah um so plans for kind of moving forward I guess it's pretty hard to kind of say maybe at this time because I guess performing live is kind of on hold for everyone at the moment um but was there plans for like touring and kind of bringing these songs to the stage? And I guess maybe now you're looking at doing that end of this year, early next year. What is kind of going on in that, in that sense? Yeah, uh, it's so crazy right now with all of these uh, changes and things. I did have a tour um, booked and it got postponed. Um, I, we're not really sure exactly. I feel like things are changing all the time. It feels so hard to like pin down certain dates because, you know, we don't really know. Some, some people are saying shows might not be possible till next year. (laughs) So it's kind of crazy um, to be in this place where you're just like, you feel like you're in no man's land a little bit where you're like, I don't really know what's happening with the tour, but at least I have time to prepare um, and practice now, (laughs) like a lot of times. So, um, I mean, it's, I'm not sure. I'd love to say like, yeah, we're coming to Europe and we're going to do, you know, our U.S. tour, but I I just don't know when that will be. Um, Yeah, I'd love to to eventually share the songs with everyone but for now yeah I just we're just waiting it out do you have like a lot of um kind of friends in the artists and music community that are all going through 
like the same thing and do you kind of talk to each other about it and is that like a kind of is that a support for you as an artist when this sort yeah. of crazy situation is going on yeah it it is it is interesting because you know I do have friends that have also been affected their tours got cancelled too um and stuff like that so it is nice to know that I'm not alone in this um experience and yeah we're all just kind of like it's yeah I definitely feel like support from my friends and that's really nice um in a way um yeah, but we're all just kind of, like, confused together. <laughs> yeah. I guess, if anything, because it's such a shared experience, there is, like, this kind of enhanced sense of community, I think. Yeah, it is nice, you know, that that we can have these check-ins with our friends and and, and make sure that we're all still communicating with each other. Um, even though we can't physically do that, um, I'm just so glad for technology that enables, you know, FaceTime, phone calls, that kind of thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And things like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm doing like a movie club with some friends where we all watch a different movie each week and then talk about it. And I think that there's other ways to kind of, kind of like interact with our friends and things like that that you can do yeah definitely I like that movie idea yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you so so much for talking to me yeah thanks for having me um could you pick a track that we could play out with that maybe is either a favorite or has some great significance for you at this time yeah um I'd say five and dime it's one of my favorites and subscriptions help to support what we do. So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.